One Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas, so you can fit your dental care into your working day. Fastamai, welcome to the programme with me, Beth Espy. And me, Christy Dehaven. And despite the weather today, we are once again on the Conister Rock. We have a makeshift tent. We're pretty much <laughs> protected from the elements. And uh, you might know by now that these shows, we tend to try and find out a little bit more about our guests by sending out a quick questionnaire. That's to find out their music choices because uh, say we are on the Conister Rock but also to find out just a little bit more about them generally and one of those questions is about any talents that our guests may have and I must say I was very surprised by the lack of response uh, from our guest to this one because when he was last with us on the show almost a year to the day he performed this live for us and uh, bonus points available for listeners who can name the tune Very impressive, I'm sure you'll agree. Even more so when I tell you that that was played on a standard metal NHS crutch. For our Conister Rock guest today is the musician and composer Simeon Wood, who composes for a variety of people and organisations, including television, advertising, theatre. He performs as a multi-instrumentalist, majoring in flutes and whistles and the odd crutch and carrot here and there. He puts shows on in theatres, art centres, churches, and also does a little bit of TV as well. And we're very pleased to say radio. Simeon, welcome back to The Rock. Well, it's great to be here. I'm slightly surprised you've brought me back after the last (laughs) debacle we had. And there is a saying amongst us entertainers, you only actually play Manx Radio twice in your career, (laughs) once on your way up. It's good to be back. (laughs) Yeah, lovely. Uh, Now, I mentioned the television, and I just want to bring this up now so we get it over and done with. Yes, good. Um, Since you were last with us, and actually since we've been speaking of talent, you were on a particular show. Hello. Hello. Who are you, darling? Uh, My name is Simeon Wood. Simeon? Is Simeon just like a posh name for Simon? <laughs> what, what the? the? Oh, wow. <laughs> Get a wrecky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Simeon Wood. Two of the judges were on their feet for the end of your performance. How did you do? Uh, I Well, I did okay. Um, I'm still in therapy uh, over that <laughs> appearance. Uh, I did enjoy my time there. I, I did. Uh, it was fantastic. Behind the scenes, it was so professional and so welcoming and, and helpful all the time. Um, getting out onto the stage of the London Palladium, it's like it's the cathedral for entertainers. So I just had to do it. I'm not a big fan of the programme, but I just had to get my feet onto the London Palladium. And it was brilliant. A great time great time we should say that was britain's got a talent i'm not sure oh, we, yeah, said sure, that we said that but no. um i mean i'm intrigued to know because i think everyone who's not done it would like to know what is that process actually like then did you have to queue for hours and hours and hours and was it like you you stood standing next to like a, a four-year-old ballerina no. standing next to it christy you know I mean? i'm going to blow it completely out of the water now they rang me up and asked me to be on it <gasps> there you go i'm you see? so sorry everybody yeah <laughs> 
they like have have a safety net of pros that they bring in. I know it's not awful, but <laughs> well, I don't know why I'm feeling like I, it's not my show. It's a big expose yeah, here. Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? Is. You heard it here first, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, yes, they rang me up just before Christmas and said, please be on the show. And uh, when they said it's the London Palladium, I said, oh, OK. Yeah, why not? What could possibly go wrong? They clearly heard you on Manx Radio last year. That's I what think it that's was. what it, I think I they think mentioned it might have that. Been. Yeah. Um, just tell us briefly what you're doing on the island. I know this is um, a return visit for you. You've been here a number of times before. What have you been doing this time? Uh, this time, I've predominantly uh, aimed myself at inspiring young your young children uh, on this fabulous island. So going into your schools including uh, Laxey and Dune and uh, Solbeat School, and playing to the children and inspiring them about music. Not that some of your schools need any inspiration whatsoever. They are... Uh, the musicianship on this island, I say every time I'm here, is far beyond anything I would ever meet anywhere else. It's brilliant. But I, I guess I'm there just to continue that inspiration. Wonderful. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. But let's find out a little bit more about you then. You grew up in Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, which, in your words, is the home of rugby league and the one-time powerhouse of the textile industry, mm. which actually your father was uh, involved mm. in and now your brother is as well. What are your main early memories? What stands out for you? Early memories were things like um, snowdrifts in the house. <gasps> yes, I know. I remember my dad shoveling snow from the staircase isn't that incredible? But yeah, it happened. Either that, I think he was probably too just too cheap to light the fire. I think that's what it was. Uh, so yeah, things like that and being sledged up to school and snow drifts, you know, ten feet high, and uh, I, I don't. There was a real community feel. Catching the bus everywhere. Never do that now. Never do that. Such a shame. Um, and the characters that you would meet round and about. Again, people are very closed in, much more suspicious than they used to be, much more careful. Uh, so I think there was a lot of freedom growing up. Um, I remember as a child, we were always relieved when, when uh, particularly in the summer, when someone maybe got a, a new washing machine or, uh, or a tumble dryer, something like that. And it wasn't so much the tumble dryer, the washing machine, but it was the fact it was packed in cardboard and we could use the cardboard to go grass sliding with. <laughs> Yes, I know. I've I've lived a life. You have. Yes, I certainly have. <laughs> and you started playing the flute at the age of eight. And what I have love is that your dad started learning at the same time. He did. He did. We had. Uh, I saw a flute play, uh, flute player when I was six years old. He came to my school. He played. I'd never seen a flute before. It was incredible. And I think that's why I have a passion to go into schools to to show people. Uh, teachers as well, it's not just about the pupils, but show them what, what is possible with instruments. And uh, and I was two years growing, so I could then play the flute. And my dad bought me a flute, brand new flute, £20. But we are talking Huddersfield, they're probably only about 35 now. Uh, £20. And we, we both had lessons uh, together, we had an hour each, and they were 50p an hour. And I just need to tell you this story, which I didn't write down. Um, and the story is that my flute teacher, not only was he a great flute teacher, but I just wanted to be like him. And I think that's what motivated me to practice because I didn't want to let him down. And uh, after four years, he then moved away, he got a, a scholarship to learn in, in France. 
and he then came back to the UK, but we lost touch. He didn't like today where it's so easy to find people on social media. And his family moved away from Huddersfield, and, and so I lost contact completely. About six months ago, we met up for the first time in about 45 years, and it was very, very emotional. He'd stopped being a, pl a flute player probably about 35 years ago, not touched his flute, put it away in a drawer. He lives in France now. He came over... Uh, and we met, we had a fabulous day together, very emotional. And at the end of the day, he handed me his flute. And he said, I no longer play this flute and it needs to be played. And I can't think of anybody. I know we're welling up in here, aren't we? But it was so emotional because, you know, with every instrument as well, it needs to be played. Otherwise, it's just a piece of furniture. So he handed it over and it's it's a big part of my life now. Yeah. As is music, and the whole point of these programmes is to find out about key pieces of music which really mean something to you. What have you chosen as your first track? Right, it might be a surprise talking about flutes as we have. Uh, this is by the Scottish pop group uh, Nazareth, formed in the late 60s. I first heard them in the late 70s. And I saw them on top of the pops. And it wouldn't matter if the sound had been down, I would have still bought the record because they were having such an amazing time on that stage. They weren't geared up like the glam rockers. They just had their status quo tatty jeans on. They didn't care about what they looked like. They cared about having amazing fun on that stage. And this piece, every time I hear it, a big smile across my face, because I can see them, the enjoyment and laughter that they had, and it's, it's contagious. Nazareth, May the Sunshine. So, I mean, ever tempted to play along when you're playing that record? I, I have. Can I mention other DJs on your show? Well, I there's, suppose. Well, Go there's on. a minor one, Chris Evans. And um, I, when I went on his show, <laughs> which is nothing like nothing like this, this is so <laughs> much better. <laughs> when I went on his show, they were playing a rock song and I and I started playing along with it in the studio. And so what they did, because it was all through the speakers and, and uh, they, they faded it down and then just put it through the headphones. But like today, I don't wear headphones I, I, and I couldn't hear it any longer and they were expecting me to keep playing along with it. So I do, I, I love the energy. I think that's what it is. I love the energy. We're on the Conister Rock this afternoon with Simeon Wood. We will be back just after this. Abbey Dental, sponsors of Women Today, for all aspects of today's dental care. Highly recommended throughout the Isle of Man. And we're with the incredibly versatile musician and composer Simeon Wood on the Conister Rock this afternoon, finding out about his music and memories. I am intrigued to know uh, what a young Simeon was like at school. I, I've kind of got a, an impression of what you might have been like. Am I yeah. right? I got mm. away with murder, I think, mm. at school. Were you mischievous? Yeah. Mischievous, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, um, uh, 
I loved primary school, but then when I went to high school, I got lost a bit, really. There were so many, like 1,600 of us, I think. Oh, there were so many of us, it was... And I didn't enjoy those years. I enjoyed either side, so I enjoyed college and I enjoyed primary school, but high school was a struggle for me. I think it just got a bit too important. <laughs> so I, I, I struggled with the whole academia. I was much more a practical-based learner than reading books. Yeah, so, but I was mischievous. So when did you first start being a performer-entertainer then? Oh, probably not until I was actually at college. Uh, well, certainly not enjoying it until I was at college. Uh, I uh, I was part of a wind quintet at music college and I still stay in touch with all of them. They were fantastic friends and great players. Uh, but none of the other four wanted ever to introduce the pieces. And because in a wind quintet, the flute player is on the end of the horseshoe, I was always nudged to go and say something. And I kind of got a bit of a taste for it. And so that was something that I nurtured as I went through college. Uh, but up until that point, no, I think I was quite a nervous performer. I would perform, but I was I was nervous with it, very shaky and worried and concerned. But now... Oh, that doesn't bother me at all now. Yeah. Um, and at what point did you move on from, we'll call them conventional instruments, to thinking, do you know what, I could have a go at playing anything? <laughs> when Again, when I was at music college, um, I'd always been interested in South American music. And there was a show many years ago called The Flight of the Condor, and it followed the Condor's pass from the top of South America right down the ridge of the Andes to Punturinas in the south. And the music was captivating. And my flute teacher at music college knew of someone in a group called Incantation, which were an 80s South American group, but basically made up of Europeans. And I said, well, can you introduce me? And she said, yes. And we 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 met and we went and bought panpipes and cana, all Latin, South American, Peruvian, Chilean uh, instruments. And that was the start, really, the impetus for buying more and more and more and more and inventing silly things as well. Yeah, it's natural, isn't it? Go from panpipes to a carrot. Why wouldn't you? Of course, why not? Uh, let's course. pause for a moment and take your second piece of music. What is this and why? Yeah, again, very unusual, uh, probably. And this is Kate Bush, a young Kate Bush, because she's still performing today. Great music. I liked this instantly because it was so unconventional. It wasn't a normal pop melody with pop instruments behind it. We're talking late 70s. And I love the way she moved to it. She was uh, a professional dancer as well as singer. And very creative, very unusual, massive range of a voice. And again, just captivated me the whole thing. Kate Bush, Wuthering Heights, Simeon Wood's second music choice this afternoon. And you implied when introducing that track that one of your aims is to encourage people to listen outside of their normal genre and outside their comfort zone almost. And that's something you get a great deal of pleasure from. I do. I like to do a, a music conference where I, it's more like a music appreciation 
uh, and I, I like people to hear music that they wouldn't ordinarily tune into. Um, and the first thing I generally go to would be rap music because the vast majority of people uh, in the United Kingdom anyway, uh, it's not culturally that acceptable to hear rap music. But when you hear the history behind it, the thousands of years of history of storytelling to a rhythm behind it, then it becomes, you might still not like it, but at least you can appreciate it, appreciate the skill and the reason why it's developed as it has. And like a lot of music, uh, it is used to tell a story, to put something across, maybe a political slant or an idea. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like people to um, to experiment a bit more. So do you think um, musicians or maybe I suppose more so songwriters have some sort of duty to sort of educate when they connect with people? I think songwriters and instrumental instrumentalists do uh yeah i do very much uh i i think maybe it's not up to them to bring an audience with them but it's up it, they have to have a heart for the music that they're singing and putting across otherwise it doesn't matter how good you are it won't engage with any audience it doesn't matter what you want to say if you don't mean it it won't come across and we've talked a little bit about the fact you've been uh, around some of the schools including Laxey mm. School this week and you certainly engaged with some of the pupils there because we've had a text in saying uh, the boys love seeing and hearing Simeon at Laxey School last week Luca who's six was very excited about the possibility of making his own instrument out of a bottle he was a little bit hazy on the details though if Simeon might be able to remind us we could try something at the weekend <laughs> You are naughty. <laughs> Do you know what this is? Right. So this is um, this is it's not my invention. A uh, guy in America invented it, and it all it's called an udderbot. So you can probably guess what the other aspect of the bottle is. And um, instead of an udder, which is very difficult to find these days, uh, I used a rubber glove, and you strap the rubber glove to the bottle. Uh, but what you've already done to the bottle is you've sawn off the bottom of the bottle and then you've strapped the rubber glove to the end of the bottle and you fill the rubber glove from the top of the bottle with water. And then in order to change the pitch of the note, you squeeze the udder <laughs> or rubber glove in order to create uh, the change in, in, in pitch. Please do send in your photographs of that. I'd love to see them. love to see them. Let's take your third piece of music. What is this and why? Third piece, uh, this is a very recent acquisition for me. I've got a very good uh, friend, uh, Susie Woods, who uh, delights in putting all manner of things on uh, social media, uh, music-wise. And this one caught my attention. Um, a girl called, who, who is fondly known as LP, um, and she sings in a very, in this particular piece, a very laconic way. She's like, a, I would say she's a modern-day Kate Bush in so much as she uses a voice. We might not hear it in this clip, but she uses her voice in a very high-pitched way and also very low gravelly way as well. So it's a massive range. And, and I, I loved her performance, watching her play, uh, watching her sing and, uh, and being completely taken by the music.
LP, Lost on You, Simeon Wood's third music choice this afternoon. We're going to take a short break in a moment, Simeon, but I don't think we can have you here without asking you to play something. Is that a possibility? Did you bring your Mary Poppins bag? I I did bring the Mary Poppins bag. Shall I walk over to it right now? You walk over to it right now and uh, we'll take a little break and Simeon will be back with a tune just after this. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Abbey Dental, sponsors of Women Today, for all aspects of today's dental care. Highly recommended throughout the Isle of Man. And the composer and musician Simeon Wood is sharing music and memories with us on the Conister Rock. And he's also going to be sharing some music of his own. He's been over to the Mary Poppins bag. He has plucked something out of it. Um, what, what are you going to play? Oh, I think, oh, I know what I'm going to play. Um, so I play this uh, a lot at the schools. Uh, this next piece, and it's called uh, Pie in the Face Polka. Uh, now, this actually, now that I've said that I'm going to do this, I will do it. Um, but uh, as the children will remember, this, as it does actually involve my flute, but more importantly, it involves my eyebrows. So, as I say, not great radio, but however, oh, fear not, fear not, we have video. Oh, this, oh, right. This will be available. I see the red light is on. Yes, okay. this will be available on the Max Radio portal afterwards. Um, <laughs> but, uh, please, pie face poker. Okay, take it away. So, uh, so this is by Henry Mancini. Those eyebrows, yeah, they need a, a space on their own I, they, in the programme, don't they? <laughs> They've got their own Facebook page. My now. goodness. Do you, do you have to practice that? Do, do they need exercising to make sure the muscles work? Well, I always have way? to take my glasses off just in case people don't see them. But yes, apart from that, yeah. My at least thinning the pie locks. didn't appear, though. I was half <laughs> yeah. expecting a pie to be produced at one point. And, you know, it really um, made me think of, of something you said about somebody you saw perform who was so charismatic smiling the wildest, oh, widest yeah. smile that, that you'd ever seen. And, and you said, that's how I want to play music with every muscle and emotion. And you absolutely yeah, do that, Simeon. It was. That was Gary Carr, wasn't it? Yeah. My goodness me. I still remember that as it was yesterday. What Just one of those moments where where everything in your life seems to come together and you think, well, that is what music is all about, for me anyway. And he danced around that double bass playing playing the most incredible music and all, all pretty much stealing the show. Again, for me, uh, he stole the show because he meant every note, every single note, and every emotion came out of him as he was playing. I thought, that surely is what it's about. That's how mm. I felt, watching your eyebrows. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, let's take your fourth piece of music now. What is this and why? The, fir- the fourth piece of music is something I heard in 1986. I was at music college and a friend came down to visit and she said, let's go to the cinema. And we went to see a movie called The Mission. 
Now, I know what the story is about, but at the time, when I left the cinema that first time of seeing it, I had no idea what I'd just witnessed because I was so taken with the music. The score was brilliant, written by a man called Ennio Morricone, perhaps more famous for his um, spaghetti western music. And a uh, lovely story about him, by the way, and I know I can tell it you, that in 2007, the uh, Oscars said, look, Ennio Morricone's never won an Oscar for writing music for a film. And he's worthy of it. Let's give him an honorary Oscar. And they did. Fast forward nine years, he won it outright, probably age 90, he won it outright for the Hateful Eight score, which, ironically, is exactly what he was doing in the 1960s for the Spaghetti Westerns. So it's funny how all that time had gone by and he was still writing brilliant music but this piece is called uh, Gabriel's Oboe Theme a beautiful theme that weaves its way throughout the whole movie and inspired me then and it still inspires me now Instantly recognisable, that is Gabriel's oboe, the theme from the film The Mission. And uh, Simeon Wood, you are a composer yourself. Yes. Uh, I believe you have composed, well, I know you've composed for TV, but there's yes. a particular advert that uh, that you made. You I think the, the most for. recent advert you might hear my dulcet flute playing on uh, is one where Mr Bean is a ninja warrior <laughs> advertising Snickers. It is very funny. And um, and my music is in the background of that. Yeah. How does something like that happen then? Not the ninja and the Snickers. I mean, yeah. I mean how does your music become part of something like I that? I also write music for a library company. And uh, for your listeners, a library company is basically one which offers music to TV and film outlets and radio too. And they uh, they will approach a library company and say, we want something Asian, we want something with flutes, with drums, we want something fast-paced, and then they will ship all that music out to them and they have a listen and they narrow it down and then they come up with, they came up with mine this particular time. It's an interesting concept though, though, because as a composer, I mean, that's you just handing over your work. It could be used for anything. Uh, that is very true and it has been, it has been used for anything. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> careful not to say what anything is but yes you yes you are giving license for for absolutely anything at, at all yeah it's always a nice surprise when you hear it though on the tv and they think, so you oh, didn't yeah, know wait a minute no i know they don't approach you and say is it okay because you've handed the mm. license over to the library company so i had no idea someone just said uh i hear your music's on uh, snickers i listen to it. my goodness i did that years ago 
Something you say is that the instruments you play are a vehicle to entertain people and that you find making people laugh really cathartic. Where where did that come from, do you think? I think what it was, being an instrumental player and wanting to perform, I was aware that um, I didn't want the gaps in between the playing to be dry. I wanted them to have an element of education, but I didn't want them to be dry like one might hear in a classical arena. Uh, this next piece is, and it was composed by, and at this time this was happening. It's just For me, that was just a little bit dry. So I wanted to create stories and anecdotes around the pieces that I play, and it warms the audience. They become relaxed. And they enjoy it more. The more they enjoy it, the more I relax and the more I enjoy it. Is it true that your mum has supplied a lot of the jokes that you've used? Yeah, she's a very funny lady, <laughs> my mum. Yeah, she doesn't always know she's funny, but she's very, she is very funny. Um, and just the stories that, that I hear within the family as well. Uh, I, just so, uh, so real stories. Um, and local radio, I heard a great story, uh, story on local radio just recently about a, the, the cutting edge um, uh, journalism uh, was, uh, today we're going to talk about what's the favourite meal you've ever eaten. And the first caller was Doreen and she rang in and she said, the best meal I've ever had, she was from Barnsley, the best meal I've ever had, uh, we start, was last night. And we started with that prawn cocktail with a, and I swear this is what she said, with a Marie Celeste sauce on it. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I had to stop the car. I thought this is going to be hilarious. And she carried on and she said, and then we had that uh, chicken Kiev with the garlic and a basket of chips. And then we finished with a sherry trifle. And when that sherry trifle came, Andrew, let me tell you this. And at this point, she decided to use a very well-worn French phrase, and she, and she, but she decided to translate it literally. She said, when that sherry trifle came, that was the piece of resistance. <laughs> and I collapsed, and there was dead air. There was nothing. And he played this long, like Bohemian Rhapsody or something, so he could get over the shock of what he just heard. It was so funny, so funny. So that's where I get a lot of my humour from. Life, life, life. Now, when you were with us last, which, as we say, was actually almost a year to the day, mm. um, we've talked a little bit about uh, your music college. You were at Trinity College of Music in the 1980s, and you said last year that you had been in touch with them to see if you could be in their magazine as one of their success stories. Yes. Has that happened yet? No. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just not success that they're looking for. Did I tell you what my, my principal said to us? At, 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 it was like a kind of going out from college speech. And he said this, if at first you don't succeed, redefine success. And I loved that. I've kind of held on to that because we, we think perhaps within the classical arena that success only means performing concertos or being on television every other week or having uh, your own classic FM show or, you know, and yet there's so much else that can happen in life that could be classed as successful. So what does success mean to you then? I think every night when I go out on stage, if I perform to my absolute top and the audience enjoy it and have a great time, that is success for me. Yeah. Uh, you do have a CD. I do. Lots of CDs. I had it like CD duplicated collection. everything. <laughs> 
Have you been working on a new one recently, though? (laughs) I am working on a new one. That's what I meant. That's what you meant, Beth. I know that's what you meant. Uh, Yes, I'm working on a new CD. And one of the tracks uh, is... um, uh, it's well, quite a lot of them are going to be uh, unusual. Um, but uh, yeah, w- one of them it'll be even. I don't know if I should tell you actually. It well, feels well, like there's a story. <laughs> Is it to do with Dolly Parton? Oh, I am going to do a Dolly Parton one. Oh, yes. How I want did to you know, know which that? one it is. Um, because you're very good at updating your website. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Well, um, it w- it. Uh, I am going to do Islands in the Stream, which is a Bee Gees. Uh, they, they wrote the song, but I guess uh, Dolly Parton made it popular. You obviously know the Bee Gees and the Isle of Man link, don't you? No. <gasps> They're Manx. No, come on. Yeah. You No, that's not bar, right. bar one of them, yeah. They were born here. Well, I know. Oh, gosh, she was lost for words I there. am yeah. lost for words. Yeah. How I'll, fantastic. Yeah. Our very own Bernie Quell some years ago went and interviewed them in Los Angeles and got, to, got them to admit that they are from the Isle of Man. And ever since they've been saying it on all of their tours, they're admitting it, yes, which is always good to know. There you go. Yeah, I had no idea. I knew they'd gone to Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's incredible. So you're covering sort of a Manx song. I yes, I <laughs> With the word island in it. It's just too yeah. good. It's too good. <laughs> It's just the, uh, yeah, no, the stream. I mean, that is reaching, but yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) When is it out then? Tell us about the CD. I think it might be out in April, but uh, typically me, you know, I'm taking my time over it. I used to have deadlines, but they used to be so punishing that I lost all the enjoyment for it. So I don't, but, but I think by April it should be out. And is is yeah. it just just you said, or are you working with other musicians? I am working with other uh, musicians, a violinist. I'm working with a percussionist and keyboard player. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, I've got an ELO number. I'm going to do as well, Mr. Blue Sky. Oh, gee. yeah, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. That, but it lends itself to instrumental work. I mean, a lot of songs don't because they're they're lyric driven. Um, but ELO, most of ELO stuff would be great for an instrumental album. Does yeah. it lend itself to an Udderbot? No. In <laughs> fact, you will not be hearing that on the album. I wish yeah. you'd brought an Udderbot with you. I have brought the Udderbot with me. The, the, <gasps> no, 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 stop it. You've been naughty now because the the thing is, it did slightly break last night. At, and there was water Thomas's, everywhere. And there was water everywhere. But thankfully, I had a bucket underneath me because I knew it's it like was... like an actual milking session. <laughs> yeah, the rubber had slightly perished. <laughs> right. Great word, that is. It is, and there's a great image there. Nobody could say Simeon Wood doesn't have fun. My udder had perished <laughs> just at the wrong moment. Yeah. How terrible. Yeah. Uh, you are heading away from us tomorrow. Mm, tomorrow. Um, so what are your immediate plans? Where are people going to be able to see you? Well, next, uh, I'm joining a cruise ship. Uh, so I'm leaving the island tomorrow on on, uh, on on a ship. And then I've got two days on land and then I'm joining a cruise ship. Uh, and then the m- majority of the time after that, up leading up to Christmas, in th- is in the northeast of England. Yeah. Yeah, so we've look at te- the website. Look at the website. We've had a text um, saying, "Loving Simeon's music and humour. Is he performing anywhere other than schools?" So we've we've kind of answered that question. But will you be back? Uh, I'm uh, yes, of course I will be back. Yeah, I'm hoping to be back uh, in the summer and again this time next year. 
yeah. Well, we are so glad that you found time to pop in and see us. Um, we're looking forward to having a look at your Udderbot in just a moment. <laughs> That's probably not for broadcast. <laughs> but um, if you've missed any part of this programme, you can listen back for the next seven days on the on-demand section of the Max Radio website. And it will also shortly be available to listen to as a podcast as well. But we are going to finish, Simeon, with your final piece of music. What is it and why? Yeah, this is um, the Emperor Concerto, Piano Concerto by Beethoven. And I first heard this when I was 13. My music teacher um, decided that he would put it on in the music lesson. And it's a very long introduction. But basically, when the piano came in, he just started to cry. And the emotion was, I mean, we were 13, so we were probably laughing at the fact that he was crying. However, it stayed with me, did that image, because it, it was the first time that I realised that actually music can move people so much and is an integral part of their lives and their story. Simeon Wood, thank you so much for joining us on the Conister thank Rock. You. Thank you. Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas, so you can fit your dental care into your working day.